0: Hello and welcome to MyCast, the indie horror podcast based on and around the fictional micro-universe. And today I'd like to welcome a very special guest, but I couldn't find one. So instead we have Mr. Dave Honmachu. How are you, sir?
1: Yay! I'm a last minute replacement for your very special guest.
0: (laughs) No, I I, I, I say this at the beginning of every podcast. I use that joke and then I I explain this, that I use that joke on everyone who comes on so that no one feels like I'm picking on them. Um, oh, because no? we, live in a, we live in an inclusive society, I don't want anyone to feel bad or uh, like I'm, I'm uh, like I'm singling them out to pick on them. So everyone gets the same joke, and therefore oh, it's fine. Especially. How are you?
1: I'm okay. I'm had a nice day off and did absolutely nothing.
0: Excellent. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's that's the best kind of days I always find. How are you surviving in? Um, in the post-apocalyptic future that is
1: 2020. Oh, not not too bad. Also, although I'm sort of expecting it to get ever so slightly incrementally worse with every passing day. But
0: well, I, I mean, fact- is that because of the uh, the insane rise in uh, viral activity every day, um, or just general the general populace throwing the rules to uh, to one side? The
1: the two don't have to be mutually exclusive. They can go hand in hand.
0: Yeah, you know? I agree. I absolutely agree. I mean, uh, this podcast. So this one probably won't go out for about uh, trying to think about ten weeks. So, like uh, we'll this probably, is
1: we we'll have probably be dead by then.
0: Yeah. So anything could have happened. I made some predictions last last on the last one um, that we'd be ruled by lizard people. Um, so I mean, we can make another prediction now if you like uh, that in ten weeks' time. Um, will be, uh, I don't know, um, will all have been cocooned in, like, alien eggs, um, ready to to be reborn into our new forms as rattlesnake people, Um, is what I think. I'd
1: be down for that. (laughs) At least it goes I mean, to be honest,
0: if someone said, do you want to, like, just cocoon for a bit in a giant alien egg until all this blows over... I'd be like, yep. And they'd be like, Well, yep. the downside is you'll be born as like a half rattlesnake person. I'd be like, Um I'm not seeing a downside here at all. So if I, as
1: long as I can bite people with my venom, I'll be good with that. Well,
0: exactly. This is it. And I mean, in the end, that's what we really want to do. Is be really um, venomous a, people uh, who can bite other, others at will.
1: I don't need a snakeskin dress either, just I've already got snakeskin.
0: Exactly. And like I can throw my snakeskin boots away because mm. my legs are now snake skin boot
1: you can wear them elsewhere
0: i know i don't think they're real snakeskin either they were like no. 30 quid from new look many years wish. ago so i think it's wishful thinking to think that they were <laughs> uh, that they are snakeskin. um and also i don't believe in animal cruelty um in terms of uh, clothing so yeah so i should watch out for those oh so um As as always, Dave, thank you for joining us. Um, I have about five or six questions to ask you, um, and then I'll uh, I'll let you get on with your life. Um, (laughs) You know, I'll let you get on with the next 10 weeks (laughs) with the impending rattlesnake apocalypse. Um, Get back to an existential crisis, there we go. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, my first question, as always, is uh, who the hell do you think you are?
1: um in real life on social media or a movie character or well
0: anyway. i mean let's start with real life who who what is your name and what is it that you do
1: okay um my name is david chu um, um i would say david honmachu because um that's what it says on the credits but it's actually Manchu. but that was a facebook uh misspelling which has just stuck and i can't be asked to get people to correct it well yeah
0: we've credited you that for years and then you went yeah. well actually that was a mistake but i've kind of kept it as like my screen name now so yeah, i was like as, as, okay. as my,
1: uh, like a, it's like barbara streiser removing the a from so it's just barbara rather than barbara
0: there we go it's it's, it's it sets you apart from um the other the other david hon, hon manchu who's out there uh you know trying to trying to encroach on your roles and stuff it, hel- it, it helps you stick apart from him and
1: also down with the patriarchy with the eradication of man yeah
0: yeah get rid of all the men get rid of yeah. them all rattlesnake men that's what it's all about
1: yay um here's um, what i do um so erstwhile retail monkey but also sometimes drag queen sometimes professional pyromaniac sometimes horror movie
0: actor thanks to yourself that's quite well that's quite a list i mean we'll get on to that so um i mean uh how, how how did you get into acting? I I, I mean I'm 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 guessing that Slash House 2 was the first thing you did That's as the first um,
1: movie I've done. Um, I think you, you had done
0: some stuff before that.
1: Um I was in an episode of Hollyoaks. I was in an episode of uh, The Real House of Cheshire. Um I've done some like university acting for a drama club <laughs> and I did like uh, do some drama at college before I I um, unnecessarily dropped out of that class due to coursework issues, I I couldn't be asked
0: doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's usually my coursework issues I have, is uh, um, but, um, I don't want to do
1: it. But in terms of performing, um, I branched out into other styles of performing, like, you yeah, know, affirmations, fire dancing, which was what I meant by Paramania. Um, I've done drag shows as well, but the reason I got into um, um, film acting was because of a call-out like that you put out
0: yeah well i mean let's talk about that so because uh, that leads me nicely on to my third question david okay, um so uh, well i mean obviously i know because i was there but tell me uh, tell us a little bit about how you got involved in Slash house two
1: well um i think i knew um anna for from this group of people that we used to like go out with in preston um was that on the rock scene and there's a lovely, charming photo of me and Anna, Was not like, me with a wig and her with a very risque, like, uh, outfit, which um, is doing the rounds. And I remember her putting out a little call out that she was doing a film, and um, and they were, you were looking for an Asian actor. I put my, I reached out to her and I'd say, said, hello, I'm an Asian. Um, there's a good qualifications there. And it was probably about months or years after that, that um, she went back to me and said, hey, do you want to still be in that film right? Yeah, okay, and the rest is history.
0: It literally is history. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, so it's quite a strange thing from my, from from our kind of my perspective. Um, so uh, when I was when I, when we wrote Slash House One, I was really concerned that um, obviously the story was one girl in a house with like the world's most notorious serial killers. But I was really concerned that all of the serial killers were like English. Uh, and I, I was like, well, that feels like a little bit of a kind of like low budget loophole there, you know, like um, like a, a bit of a, a plot hole. So we at the last minute, uh, the guy played Cleaver, Andy Greenwood, uh, who played the original Cleaver, um kind of came to me the night before and said do you mind if I try a texas draw with it and i was like oh brilliant that kind of solves a bit of my problem because at least one of the characters is american now so they're not all english um you know so that's that's good um but with slash house 2 i i really made a conscious effort then to <coughs> kind of um do a bit of a street fighter is the way i looked at it so i wanted mm-hmm. uh, i wanted each slasher to kind of be representative of a continent um, and so um, the big one for us was, uh, obviously Mole Man was uh, the Russian character. I think originally, um, Gravestone was gonna be American as well. He was supposed to be from like the uh, the mob, you know, like the kind of uh, the 1920s kind of New York mob. Uh, but uh, because of where it was set and everything, it did that to make sense. So we had to kind of rework his origin to be kind of more of like a London, gangster kind of thing um molly bannister didn't really matter because at the time she didn't speak so we didn't have to worry about that um so it was really just then that uh, we wanted to um we wanted to have like an asian character um but i knew straight away we were gonna <coughs> we were gonna st- because i mean yeah, this might surprise you david but there's not that many um asian actors in the uk
1: I know um, it doesn't surprise me in the slightest because um, um, there's not really been that many um, roles that call out for Asian unless it's vital uh, to the story. Um, yeah, and I think the only Asian actor I know working in UK today is like Henry Golding, and he's I don't um, actually actually I'm, I need to check out I can't remember if he was American or English, but I just know he was working. Oh, I don't UK.
0: know. But uh, so what? What I did was I made uh, I wrote a character called Jacob Takushi, who was half Japanese and half Chinese, so that basically we could have our so that basically I was casting the net wider um, in terms of opportunity, but also our ability to cast um, because the last thing we really wanted to do was cast like just any old actor as that character. You know what I mean? We really wanted that that to go to uh, the right person. Um, and initially, we'd actually cast uh, a Japanese gentleman. Uh, I can't even remember his name now. Um, and we really, really struggled to get him to even understand what we were doing. I like, he, like, um, so we'd we'd have it. We we just we told him about the project, sent him the script. He was like, "Yep, that sounds great. I'll do it." And then we would tell him dates, and he would go, "What is this again? What are we making?" You know, like, and it was kind of, and this went all the way up to like the night before we were shooting. And he basically said, "Oh, I, I can't. Sorry, I can't do today. I'm having back surgery tomorrow." But we'd been pre-producing like all two weeks leading up to it, sending him things, getting get, getting his clothing size, uh, you know, uh, working through the schedule with him. And then he just suddenly dropped this on us. Um, and so I said, "Look, let's just get him out." And we, as as luck would have it, it what it didn't feel like luck at the time, but. Um, the shoot with Jacob's character ended up being split into two days. So I said, look, let's just shoot up to when he appears. And then I will worry about that in the break, um, which was essentially about two or three weeks until we could get back into the location. Um, So in that time, we basically, Anna threw a call out to say, can someone, you know, does someone want to do this role? And you uh, applied. and I'd I'd met you about ten years ago in Jilly's Rock World.
1: Possibly it was it was a messy a couple of years. <laughs>
0: um But I remember you saying to me at the time, um, because I was just kind of starting out then. Uh, really, it must have been two thousand five, two thousand six. Yeah. Um, and you said to me, "Oh, I'm really interested in acting." And I said, "Oh, right, we should uh, we should do something then, like and then, like." Just obviously, years went by, and I guess I never really thought about that exchange until Anna said, oh, uh, Dave wants to do it, Chinese Dave from Preston wants to do it. And I, I knew you uh, as Dave Dragon. I don't know why. That was your nickname. Um, okay. I, don't, I think I've, maybe
1: because of the type of staff I was playing about with. It was called the Dragon staff. So
0: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it was a friend introduced me to you as Dave Dragon. So I was like, Dave Dragon? No way, like, that, and that just suddenly felt like a perfect fit. Do you know what I mean? Like, does he want to come and do it? Yeah, yeah, you know, and it was, so that was quite that was quite exciting for me. Um, but I mean, this is what, in terms of writing, this is where things get, I think, always get really interesting in, in filmmaking. Yeah, because very much the same way that I wrote Cleaver in Slasher House 1 as a throwaway character, Like, it was, like, a cliché, almost, you know? Like, a a killer clown, like, running around with a cleaver. I thought, no-one's going to care about that, you know? I need something that's a bit of a cliché for the first kill. And then, like, Andy really brought that character to life, you know what I mean? To the point where now he's got two of his own films and about to have a third, you know? Like, uh, so... Um, Jacob was a little bit the same as I kind of wrote this kind of like, what I thought was like a kind of quite a cliche character, like, you know, like a guy in a, in a suit with like an animal mask on. And it all just felt like quite a big cliche um, until you stepped on set and said his first lines. And there was like a this insane moment where I just went, oh my God, like this is like a proper character. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and um, I mean, in terms of Slash House Two, I I think you 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 were only on Slash House Two know. for a couple of days, weren't you? Um, I was,
1: I only did one day of shooting.
0: Bloody like uh, it's Just that's nuts to think about considering how big your role is mm-hmm. in the in the film in general. Um, but I mean, so well, let's talk about Slash House Two first. So, what was what, what was it like working on that? Obviously, I know. That, I was, w-
1: that was weird because um, I. Obviously, done some like student. I've actually made a few student films when I was at uni, only little short ones. So I know kind of what it what it entails to be on a film set. So it was weird um, being directed in an acting role on for for one of the first times in my life. And but weirdly, it everything seemed to like fall into place because you were very efficient with was it how you were directing it, and um, and. I have to admit that um, I didn't really <laughs> learn the lines. I'm, I'm I'm not quite as bad as Marlon Brando having his lines fed to him on a intercom. But um until um except for doing plays, um learning dialogue is weird because you you learn things in snippets, um, especially when you're doing shootings. Yeah. And so I kind of fell back on that, but give giving having listened, wasn't looking at what you've given me, I thought, ooh, I can make something out of this. And uh, it, was, it was just felt fun I think
0: you I think you did, because I think originally we um, we hadn't really planned to shoot the dialogue on the set. I think we planned to kind of um, shoot it there and then we were probably going to dub it over, uh, I think was the idea, because I was really worried that it wasn't going to quite come out of the mask very well, or we wouldn't even be able to hear you at all, because this mask is fucking silly huge, isn't it? Um,
1: it? It is, but it's quite cabinets though, so it can come a bit... Well, yeah,
0: the second right? you spoke, it just echoed out across this club and i was like my god like and like it was literally like in the first kind of like three or four shots i was like because when I get like when when we do these films we don't necessarily know who we're going to expand upon i think um in terms of characters and uh i think we would decided that molly bannister was going to get like an origin story but outside of that we didn't really know who else we were going to do one with we had some ideas for all the characters but the second jacob spoke i was like oh he's getting his own movie isn't he like you know it was one of those things and um and you did um
1: know, it kind of pays when you're an actor was it to like be in love with the sound of your own voice But uh, well, no, it, definitely. It, it it does help does at knowing that um uh, you can like, manipulate it into like, almost a little sing-song melody to it um, yeah uh, so he gave me a lot to really dig into especially i think what the line that really connected that made me understand uh who this guy was when he said that made reference to how killing them was setting them free and this yeah sort of, like, twisted crusader i thought oh this guy is delusional not, not only homicidal so that kind of informed like where i took that
0: well, I think initially we we messed around with the idea that maybe he was like a little bit religious, but I, I, I mean, I'll get on to it in a minute, but I think we decided to take it in a drastically different direction when we did the Jacob Solo film, Pandemonium. Um, so, <clears throat> I mean, I guess my next question is, what, how, how, how was that different to Slash House 2? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that it was a longer... <laughs> time to be there
1: God, yeah um,
0: <clears throat> a lot more night
1: shoots because i think and we managed like, like i said we wrapped up um uh, the slasher house 2 shoot on the day which which ended with me running in a sweaty <laughs> stupor back to the train station to get my last train but for this one um it was weird in that um despite being the t- like the title character it just felt like a a, a very big massive collaborative um uh, project with all of us. Um, and it didn't feel, I didn't feel any pressure, most of that, from like having expanded. It just felt like a lot of fun. And so.
0: Well, I agree uh, with that, definitely. I mean, from my perspective, uh, I, I wrote the script and the character, <coughs> how I perceived the character and where we should take that. But I think a lot of that, um, a lot of what he is and how he is was definitely. Um, us working together on the set to 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 kind of round him out more, you know, like um, and give him give him a really distinctive uh, voice. I mean, um, so I mean, how did you find you approached the character differently to Pandemonium?
1: Um, I think I, sl- I, I think one of the easiest, simplest way to answer that is I spoke slowly, more, more slowly on this one because um, I think because it was the first time I would approached this character on the first one i didn't realize how quickly i spoke and i kind of felt like it was in a rush to get the, the dialogue up but for this one when i heard my own voice back i thought no i can take this a bit slower and um, that kind of informed my body language as well that i didn't have to be this like rabid animal that a lot of the serial killers are i, I could just like take my time and enjoy what i do
0: what, yeah
1: I'm killing people on set or actually acting like i'm killing people on
0: set yeah I think well. I think the interesting angle with Jacob is that we really went for like, um, like a, a James Bond style serial killer, where he's he's like very very slick with everything that he does. It's all he's very calm about the way he approaches everything. He's not like uh, he's not like Cleaver where he's running around laughing his head off, and he's not like Thorne where he's smashing through walls and you know growling and and it's it was it was because we've done so many of these films now, it really was. What's a different way to approach a serial killer, and I think really landing on that kind of James Bond angle with the kind of suave, sophisticated uh, kind of movement and uh, kind of body language, but with the one-liners is uh,
1: yeah, very much like You, you I, I have to like a uh, thank you for giving me like a uh, license to like come up with the, almost the worst like a uh, puns to, to end each. A kill license with. to
0: pun. That'll be the. That'll be the name of the um, of your autobiography.
1: Fundemonium.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, there we go. There we go.
1: But also um, with the James, but as well as the body language, um, I think I kind of um, looked at Michael Myers as well for the way he uh, walks in terms of like yeah. I said, he's not anywhere. He will always catch you, and it's just that blank look on his face. And so with that kind of mask. How could you not evoke Michael Myers?
0: Well, yeah, and I think I think in a lot of ways there's a very he's he's kind of like a Michael Myers like if you could hear his inner monologue if you know what I mean like <laughs> I, and he was in an Austin Powers movie so if, he, <laughs> if, if Michael Myers was played by Mike Myers that's basically Jacob. <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we please do a bit on that? He's like, uh, yeah, groovy baby. Oh, I fell over. Oh, you fell over again. <laughs>
1: Oh, I like to spill your guts, baby. Oh, no, it
0: doesn't work. <laughs> well, but, you know, there's—I mean, there's a lot of that in it as well. I think, um, you know, drawing on those kind of, um, you know, those two different, uh, those two different movies. But I mean, in terms of uh, character, I mean, how do you how do you feel they progressed between the two films?
1: Why do you say progress, considering that like Pandemonium is a prequel to Slash House?
0: Well, uh, yeah, actually of... very strangely. Yeah, it is. So, uh, terms a pa-
1: character progression, um, with serial kills like these, I'm not sure if he can say that these are characters who progress, because they just are. Um, I mean, people talk about uh, Heath Ledger and the Joker as just being like a force of nature. There is, um, there is an, there are just absolutes. Um, and I quite like that salt purity and like in the way you portray civil killers um i think with uh jacob um it's getting to the point where he knows that he's not always gonna be the alpha dog uh when he's when you come up with against these like uh these badass women he has to fight against
0: um, yeah well i think that's quite interesting you bring that up really i i mean uh so because obviously we've talked about uh pantumonium uh or pandemonium uh incorporated as we've uh, uh as it's called um so I, I like i think that going forward uh that's a huge element of it is you know uh jacob not being the the alpha you know the alpha dog and realizing that um you know uh th- that um there are the like like you say, like these women who were uh, who were out there um who who are a match for him in some ways, you know. I know uh,
1: he's always I mean, he's been killed twice now. Like I mean by um Red and then by Ariel, spoiler alert. But then he always seems to come back. But then again well, that must be really the test of his resolve.
0: Well that's a big thing. And I, I I've been meaning to, to to I've been looking for an opportunity to mention this for ages because one of the big things I always get, I get messages from people going, How is Jacob back? or how is Cleaver back, or how is Thorn back when they died in this movie, or that movie, or this movie? And like, my answer is kind of always the same: is like they're slasher villains. Like, I like I they almost make back. an effort not to explain why they're back. Like, you know, like just that—that's <coughs> that, the nature of of um of slasher villains—is that they just um, um because like the, like there was a big thing where everyone was like, well, that's the end of Jacob in Slash House too, and I was like. no not at all like
1: you know um part of me thinks what hopes you never explain why these people come back
0: well i mean mean, uh, that it's just it's literally that's that slasher movie that's slasher movies that slasher villains is they don't they don't die like there's almost like um there's almost like no reason why jason comes back every time i mean i i think early on um they used to kind of spend about twenty minutes, you know, giving us a little run around the houses of how and why and what and when, you know, um he rises from the grave or what happened you know, why why a machete through there didn't kill him last time or, you know, but the the thing that was stood out for me was that uh, Jason goes to hell the final Friday. Yeah. With, uh, he's just ready. like, Hello, it's me and like you go, Oh right, like so what how did he survive toxic waste dump from part eight and then yeah, uh,
1: he turn into like the slugus like that which possessed people or something
0: well, well well yeah yeah but before just before number nine in number eight he got drowned in toxic waste and turned into a child um you as know you so no but they just chose not to explain that and then part 10 is exactly the same they just went it's jason innit and i thought brilliant and i think eventually this this, it's just a shorthand for like how's jacob in slash house three i don't know
1: as usual he's a
0: fucking slasher villain is not he like you know uh, how's mole man in slash house fucking he's a slasher villain um so that's quite you know so i I mean i look forward to uh, like i could bloody make pandemonium movies for the rest of my life like you know and again it was one of those things where on Sasha's House 2, I was like, oh, you know, this character's got legs. You know, he, maybe we could do his own film. And I thought, how much are you going to get out of Killer Panda who does puns, you know? So we did one film and I thought, we'll do one and that'll probably be it, you know, just just to get to get that blood, this stupid pandemonium joke out <laughs> of my head, you know? like, And, um, and then, honestly, like, again, day three, I was like, well, I, I know exactly where the sequel to this can go. You know, I know exactly where the trilogy can go. You know, and before oh. you know it, oh, there we go. That's a world exclusive. Maybe, maybe there'll be a, a <laughs> pandemic.
1: Pandemic was it? World, do you reckon?
0: Well, I don't want to say too much, Dave. But uh, it'll go. It might go nicely with my uh, my third part to the uh, oh. the Bannister Dollhouse trilogy. So, oh, uh, internet connected universes. Oh, I, yeah. I'm, I, I never miss a trick when it comes to things like that. Um, so I guess uh, I guess that kind of leads me to uh, my last question, which is uh, so what what's next for you? I mean, you, you're quite a busy chap. Even in lockdown, you've uh, you've been up to a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, I did um, was a few uh, digital drag shows uh, where, um, which is where that um, training or education in film production came in handy, where I shot. Uh, performed as I, and edited my own music videos for uh, certain shows and uh, hopefully I can get to do more of these as um, as of the world keeps turning and keeps cancelling live shows. I've done a few live shows since as well um, but it's just a case of um, keep go, keeping going and see what's available, especially the Halloween's coming up because Halloween used to be like the bread and butter. Yeah, of, yeah, like, of course. So. But obviously the live shows have taken a bit of a back seat now. So
0: we're just waiting to see what goes on after that. Well, uh, I mean, thank you for joining me. No, thank you. More. It's been lovely having you. Um, so I'll just say my P's and Q's and dot my lowercase J's and then uh, I'll let you go. So uh, thank you for joining us, everyone. Um, you can listen to these podcasts at anchor.fm slash myco, Uh So we have them all there currently uh, the current ones, but you can also listen to them a month early at patreon.com slash Mike h o, Um, and I think it costs like about one or two, one pound, $2 or whatever to, to get these for four, you get four, four or five podcasts a month for free. Uh, if you subscribe to the thing, well for a pound or whatever, but we do have different tiers as well. So we have merchandise discounts and, um, credits on our short films and etc. cetera, et cetera. um, if you go to myco.co.uk, you can uh, you can buy, buy films there, including Pandemonium, Star and Dave, and Slash House 2, also Star and Dave. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can buy T-shirts and all sorts of uh, things there, including a Pandemonium face mask uh, to protect you from the lizard people or the rattlesnake men or whatever we crazy world we now live in. Um, you wear uh,
1: some sort of animal face on yourself
0: at, yeah, at some yeah, point. Yeah, you yeah. Know, um, So thank you for joining me, Dave. Uh, Thank Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll catch you next time. I can't remember who we've got next. Uh, I think it's Maria Lee Metheringham from Mask of Thorn. Um, So uh, join us next time to hear what she has to say about uh, about how horrible it is working with us. Excellent. Uh, Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. Adios.